somebody else who was desperate to see Jesus that day. In fact, she'd been living in desperation for a long time. You pick up her story in verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. For 12 years, this woman suffered. We're not told the intricacies of her disease, but we don't need to know. Her desperation is clear. She had sought the very best medical help of her day. And nobody had been able to help her. In fact, not only did they not help her, they made it worse. And her despair was twofold. For one thing, if her disease was not cured, she knew that one day she would die. She literally was watching her life ebb away every moment. No one could offer her the least bit of help. She was dying and nobody could stop it. And as bad as that was, there was more. The type of disease she suffered would have made her to be considered unclean in her day. Even the lepers, those who would have to call out as they would walk through town, unclean, unclean, so that nobody would get close to them even they, by law, would be forbidden to be around this woman. She was dying, and she was dying alone. But not today. On this particular day, she didn't care about all the social convictions. She didn't care if people tried to push her away. She was going to do whatever it took, anything, to get to Jesus. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Would you be that desperate to get to Jesus? How desperate were you this morning to come here to gather together with other believers to worship the Savior? Were you willing to defy all the different social ideas, willing to face possible embarrassment? Were you willing to make your way, no matter what the cost, to be here this morning? To worship the Savior. Just how desperate are we for Jesus? Desperation is typically a function of need. Actually, desperation is a function of perceived need. You can have a desperate need and not realize it. Like the proverbial frog in the kettle that's swimming around in the water. And the water gets a little bit warmer and it gets nice and comfortable. Swims around some more and the water gets a little warmer and a little warmer and it just swims around thinking how wonderful it feels until the water boils and he becomes someone's boiled frog leg dinner. It's bad enough when you have a negative need, something you need to get out of your life. It's even more dangerous and sometimes far less obvious when you have a positive need, when you desperately need something in your life, but you don't realize it. 
Some things are pretty easy to realize. You know, our thirst increases as we need more water. Our hunger increases as we need more food. But sometimes it's not quite so obvious. For example, thousands of people each year go to their doctor or to the emergency room with a range of symptoms like overall weakness or sometimes there's heart palpitations. And they are discovered to be deficient in a key electrolyte, potassium. We, we don't have a, a little sign that pops up in our life that says, hey, you need to go eat a banana. You're a little low on potassium. We don't know that. We don't recognize that need is there. And, and most of those folks, when they come in and they go through the testing and they find out that that's what's causing all the symptoms that they're, they're facing, they respond almost exactly the same way. When they're told they're low in potassium, they say, well, I had no idea. They went to the emergency room because their symptoms were severe enough they had to figure out what was going on. What will it take for us to realize just how much we need Jesus? Now, we can find every excuse in the world for thinking that we don't need him. Life may be rolling along. Everything's going great. We've got it all under control, or at least we think we do. Or our life may be a series of catastrophes and we've just given up. But one thing you can know for sure. There is never a time in your life that you will not desperately need Jesus. Our perception may change, but our need for the Savior never does. This woman found herself in a situation where she realized just how desperate she was. There was no other hope. She tried everything else. Nobody else could help her. What will it take for you to realize the same thing? And that's the sad truth. Until we realize how much we need Jesus, we'll never find Him. But there's good news. When we recognize our need, when we reach out to the Lord, Jesus has exactly what we need. This woman came to Jesus with nothing but desperation. She thought, if, if only I can get a little bit closer, if only I could even just touch the hem of his robe. Just a little closer. You can almost see the picture of this. If, you, if you've ever seen the uh, photograph or a video of, of the streets in, in the Middle Eastern area of the world, you, you know how their streets are very windy and, and often very thin. Well, that's, that's probably what this was like. Uh, folks were, were crowded together. They were all working as hard as they could to get to the home of Jairus. Everybody wanted a good spot so they could see what was going to happen. So everybody's elbowing. And in the middle of all of that chaos, there's this one little woman working as hard as she can with whatever energy she can muster, working her way just to reach out and touch Jesus' robe. And then it happened. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. 
What no one else could do after all of the testing, after all of the treatments, after all of the things that she'd done, after no one could accomplish anything for her, Jesus heals her immediately. This woman who had suffered for 12 years suddenly, instantly was suffering no more. But the miracle wasn't over. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The disciples didn't know it. The crowd didn't know it. But Jesus did. He knew the miracle that had taken place. Now, how did Jesus know that? We we don't really know. But immediately, he stops. And in the middle of this chaotic crowd, he asks what his disciples thought was a ridiculous question. He says, well, who touched me? And the disciples almost laugh. He says, Jesus, look at this crowd. We're all squished into this street. Everybody's touching everybody. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody touched you. But Jesus knew. He knew. But there was another person in this crowd that knew. Verse 33, Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And be freed from your suffering. Jesus' words were simple, direct, and powerful. He calls her daughter. Nowhere else in the scripture does he address a woman with that term. Think about that a minute. This this woman who nobody wanted to be around. This woman who everybody shunned. This woman who by law wasn't even supposed to be in the crowd that day. He calls her daughter. What an extraordinary term of gentleness and calm. And Jesus has exactly the power that she needed. Just as she'd hoped, her faith had allowed her to receive his healing power. Her disease, which had barred her from entering the grounds of the temple to worship the Savior, now she fell at the Savior's feet. Jesus tells her to go in peace. That was more than just a blessing. They were words of assurance for the days ahead. She was free. Free from this sickness, but free from so much more. She now had that peace that only Jesus provides. I needed the thing that goes on the end of the wire that you plug into your TV to connect your antenna. Except I didn't know what that was called. 
I just knew it was the thing that goes on the end of the wire that you plug into your TV to connect your antenna. So I went over to Lowe's and I walked up and down several aisles with absolutely no success in finding this thing. And then I finally found a, a very helpful salesperson and explained that I needed the thing that goes on the end of the wire that you plug in your TV to plug in the antenna. Well, he worked in lumber, <laughs> but he was nice enough to take me to the electronic wiring aisle. And we began to look through all the different boxes. And I found a box that kind of looked like what I thought I was, was needing. And I showed him, I said, I think this is kind of what I, what, what I need. And he looked at it and said, no, I think those are for computers, which was probably why it had a photo of a computer on the front of the box. Well, I was about to decide I was just going to give up and give up TV and just uh, start reading for my enjoyment. But uh, I heard this guy behind me. And he whispered it because he knew he didn't want to embarrass me, but he said it as, as, as unobtrusively as he could. I think you mean a male coax connector. And then he reached around me to a whole box of them that was right there and he pulled one out. I think this is what you need. And sure enough, I got home, it went on the end of the wire, I plugged in the TV, connected to the antenna, and I was watching the 6 o'clock news. It's great to find the one person that knows what you need and can get it for you. The woman in Mark chapter 5 had been searching for 12 years, desperately trying to find the person who had what she needed with no success. But on this day, in the middle of that great crowd, she found Jesus. You can too. Jesus has exactly what you need. Maybe you're here this morning and your life's a mess. And you look back and it's just a series of train wrecks. And you came here wondering, can anybody fix this? I sure can't. Jesus has what you need. He has forgiveness. The Bible says He takes our sin and puts it as far as the east is from the west. Jesus has what you need. Maybe you came here this morning with some other burden on your heart, some issue that you're facing in life, some relationship that's been falling apart, or some issue at your workplace that you just can't seem to get a handle on it or, or some issue with a neighbor or with a friend that something's just gone so wrong and you can't seem to figure it out. Jesus has what you need. Jesus can heal those broken relationships. Jesus can provide for us that new Life that only He has to give. Maybe you came here this morning burdened by a nagging question. What happens to me when I die? Maybe this morning you, you are confronted with your own mortality. And you're recognizing, you know, I, I don't really know what's next. Jesus has what you need. He alone gives to us eternity 
eternal life. Life with Him forever. Jesus has what you need. The question is, are you desperate enough to reach out to Him?